When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on at Vikings practice? Today, I was there. I just got back from a really fun day of Vikings practice. And as you can tell, we are not in my office. We are down in my living room because the dogs were in the crate all afternoon and I wanted to make sure that they were comfortable. So we're going to talk about practice. We're going to talk about, as Gary said in the comments, we have signed a couple new wide receivers. We'll br- briefly break them down as well as can start previewing for Wednesday, Thursday night's game against the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad. And the Hungy on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornas. I hope everybody can hear me okay. We're going a little different setup because I've got two sweet dogs on both sides and they have had a long day. I am Tyler, as always. Producer Dave, top right corner. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great, but uh, this uh, comments is driving me crazy. I'm trying to switch it to from the top, and it's not working. It keeps coming up from the bottom, and it's going too quickly. What? 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 There we go. There That's we okay. go. Got it. There I'm doing go. good. It's been a, an extremely busy Monday, and I apologize to everybody <laughs> out there. 
in Vikings land that I did not get out of Vikings Daily Opener today. I gathered all the articles, did 75% of the scripting, but unfortunately, things got busy and I didn't get it done. So you'll have to wait till tomorrow. And you know what? There's going to be plenty to talk about tomorrow. And look, there is there's lots to talk about today. And uh, first off, for those of you who love my dogs, we're going to get this out of the way. Little Missy Claire, it's her three-week anniversary of living with us today. And she's barking, which is a big development. And she even jumped at me because she missed me. So that's those are those are really good things, and it sounds like a normal dog. Yeah, she hasn't lived a normal dog life, so it's awesome to see. With that, let's talk about a couple things, and let's start with the transactions that the Minnesota Vikings have made over the past 24 hours. On Sunday, they officially placed defensive lineman James Lynch on injured reserve. Thursday's night practice, he tore his ACL. He is out for the season. From a Vikings perspective, it clears up the room a little bit. He was one of those people fighting for like those last three roster spots. And I didn't have him make the roster in any of my 53-man proje- projections because of, one, his contract, and two, I didn't think he was clearly better than the other options. And when you're looking at two apples, one apple costs $3. The other apple costs $1. And they're basically the same apple. What are you going to do? You're going to take the apple that's less expensive. So that's kind of what we were looking at here with James Lynch. And for him, this absolutely blows. He's in a contract year. He was a good rotational lineman. Now he's going to be basically two years removed from having played it down a football when he's trying to hit the free agent market and get that big cash in. Brutal blow. And the best hope for him is somebody gives him like a one year, like three or four million dollar deal, deal so he can go prove it. Uh, and then he can maybe get a decent contract. I don't know, like three years, 15 million, something like that from another team in 2025. But this just stinks for him. And my heart goes out to him. It's really hard to see injury season ending injuries, period. But to see them for a guy who's in a, his rookie contract year is even worse. And I hope that he's able to bounce back from this with that move though by placing my injured reserve we signed a wide receiver Nikhil Harry now you may ask why did we sign a wide receiver well it's two things you're not signing for the future you're signing for preseason as well the Vikings have multiple injuries on their wide receiver roster plus you're not going to see Justin Jefferson KJ Osborne you may not even see much of Jordan Addison so you're looking at Tristan Jackson who's hurt and that's kind of a big deal Jalen Naylor also hurt. When you're talking about giving guys a lot of reps, you need to replace those bodies. So they bring in Nikhil Harry. He was a first-round pick in 2019. He was the first receiver to go in that draft ahead of A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. Not exactly a great list to be going ahead of when you end up being a bust. And his biggest issue, like there are pauses with him. He's 6'4", 225. He's a big guy, and he wins in physical areas. He also wins contested catches. The problem is he can't separate, and that's why so many of his catches are contested. If you can't separate, none of that other stuff really matters that much, and it's something you have to be aware of. That's why... like what you saw with Adam Thielen last year. Yeah, Adam Thielen's just losing his athleticism, and that happens to everybody. Some guys, it happens a lot earlier. 
And some guys have such high athleticism that when they start to lose it, a la a Larry Fitzgerald, they can reinvent themselves in the slot. Thielen wasn't able to do that. And some of it, I think it mattered that he had a leg injury, uh, albeit minor. It looked like a thigh bruise last year, Dave, if you remember. And I think it hindered him a lot. And that's one of the reasons why they end up trading for TJ Hawkinson. And the rest is history. Now he's in Carolina. We wish him all the best. But Harry, I mean, if you're in your early 20s and you can't separate from corners, that's a problem. And at this level is what it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Gary, but he's a camp body. I want to put this back up. This looks absolutely amazing. Very interesting. Very interesting pizza. I, I think all those things blend really well. Now, he practiced today along with another wide receiver that signed with the Vikings. His name is Jacob Copeland. Um, I'm a Florida Gator fan, so I watched him from uh, 19, or 2019 to 2021 before he transferred to Maryland last year. And I thought he was massively underutilized at Florida. And then he goes to Maryland and doesn't really get utilized much at all. Some of that is the injury to Talia Tagovailoa, the quarterback. But they also had Dante Demas Jr. and Rakeem Jarrett in front of him. And there just wasn't a lot of ball to go around. So kind of pair all those things together. Copeland is a very athletic guy. He is a player that can win contested catches. He can do a lot of things. He's His package is complete. Like He can do a little bit of everything. But he's not truly great at any one thing. I think he's a guy that could end up being your fourth or fifth wide receiver, and you'd be very happy with it. So I like the idea of giving him a shot. And we'll start off training camp practice by talking about these two guys. Nikhil Harry does not look good. He that So there's this thing. It almost looks like a, a, a big hurdle, like a track and field hurdle, where they use them for drills, and the wide receivers will, like, when they have to dip their hips, they're supposed to get low. And then, then they make their breaks when they come up, out from underneath it. Yeah, he popped up way too early and knocked it down. And he just looks really slow, not moving very well. And he wasn't gaining a lot of separation during one-on-one drills, which those are meant for receivers to look good. He's not doesn't look like a good football player uh, after one day of practice. Now, how much of that can you chalk up to the fact, well, it's one day of practice. He's He just got to Minnesota. Uh, let's give him a break. Let's see what happens. Tomorrow's night practice. I will unfortunately not be attending that practice. This is my last one, I think, of the year because tomorrow is my three-year wedding anniversary. And even though the wife really likes it and she was supposed to go to with, with me to Saturday's practice, um, she I don't she doesn't want to go, and I will not force her to go. So that's something to note with Nikhil Harry. Copeland looked explosive. He was going all out, trying to make a great first impression, and I think he did. Now, he's one of the last receivers on the roster, but they ended up waving Cephas Johnson III, the 6'5", 220 wide receiver, former quarterback from Southeast Louisiana State. He wasn't very good, Cephas. And the idea of Cephas was great, just didn't come to fruition. But you should always give those kind of guys a chance because quarterbacks, even though the, the transition to another position is hard, Dave, quarterbacks already know wide receiver. There's this TV show, Friday Night Lights, and this kind of thing happens a decent amount. The backup quarterback, or he won the Dylan Panthers' title in his in the first season, Matt Saracen, so season three, and he gets benched for a golden arm prodigy. And he's like, well, we need a receiver. 
I know all the routes. I know all the depths. Because as a quarterback, you have to know those things. So you know what he goes out? And he just does it. And there's something to having a quarterback brain in a wide receiver. But there's so many nuances and stuff that you have to figure out. And that's why that transition doesn't always go super smooth. But when it does, it works really well because they have a quarterback brain. That was the idea. It just didn't work. And worth trying for UDFA. Absolutely. It is what it is. And now you bring in Copeland, who I think gives you a little bit more upside. I still don't think he has a making the roster, but I think he right now he's fighting for the practice squad. And I think the practice squad is what a lot of these guys will be going for. And I think that's objectively good. Like you have a guy who could potentially make your practice squad. That rocks. Because if you get him on the practice squad and you didn't have him going into training camp, you found a guy. What could that guy be? Probably just a practice squad guy, but those guys are still inherently valuable. And when you're building a roster, you need to be able to find some of those diamonds in the rough. And I think looking at everything, that's a good thing. So we'll, we'll see how that continues to develop. I got a question. With yeah. Lynch going on IR because of his mm-hmm. knee, could they toll his contract? Technically, yes, but you're not going to do that. And here's why you're not going to do that. Because, like, even though this is – it's a free market economy to a point with uh, free agency, you don't want to be the team that tolls a contract. One of the reasons why they didn't do it with Teddy Bridgewater. Because it sets a precedent that, oh, if you go here, they'll just toll, toll your contract. And it can be bad for acquiring free agents. It can be bad for potentially acquiring guys via trade contract extensions it's it's a risk and i think if they're going to bring him back they're not going to toll it because what that's going to do is it's just going to give him another like almost three million dollar cap hit for next year they'll just bring him back on a one-year deal and they'll probably lace it with incentives so he can make a bunch of money if he balls out which is the idea of signing that one-year prove-it deal but it is what it is and i don't think that they'll tell they will toll it. It's it's a business practice you can use. It's not one you should, in my opinion. Now, it was Patrick Mahomes. He told the hell out of that contract, and <laughs> I don't think anybody's anybody's going to wor- like worry about that um, because it's Patrick Mahomes. Like you, you understand. Like if the the lower roster guys, you don't do that. Um, but like there's. You'll be able to keep some guys like exclusive rights free agents and restricted free agents. That's a different deal than it is with tolling a contract. So, yeah. Um, Gary mentions that Luke posted that Christian Derrissaw is not practicing today. That's partially true. Um, according to Dane Mizzitani of the Pioneer Press, and if you don't know Dane, he took over for Chris Thomason. Apparently he got dinged up, and he ended up sitting out of team drills. But he was doing some one-on-ones. I, I don't think it's something you should be worried about. Don't be worried about it until somebody tells you to be worried about it. He's not playing in the preseason. He's probably not going to do a whole lot of practice stuff. But it's like it's football. He probably just got a bruise, and they just don't want the bruise to get worse. Probably something simple like that. Maybe a minor sprain of a finger. I, we, we just don't know. He was standing at practice. He did not have his helmet on when we were doing team drills. I I think that's probably what we're looking at. But I will say, as a transition point here, Dave, Vidarian Lowe 
was getting the second team left tackle snaps and was elevated to the first team. This is important because it was not Blake Brandle. Blake Brandle mm-hmm. was second team right guard. I don't understand that. I think some of that has to do with Chris Reed, but Brandle last year was a serviceable left tackle. He needed some help and he wasn't perfect and speed is going to crush him, but power doesn't. And I'm wondering how much that moved like had them move him inside to guard or if that's just because Chris Reed's on the non-football injury list. Uh, it's, it's good because you want power at the guard position especially. Mm-hmm. But could it mean also that Vidarian Lowe has taken that next step? Yes, um, I believe it does. And I was sitting with Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings, friend of the show, good friend of mine. We watched uh, practice together for the last week. And the big thing with Lowe was that he talked about in his Patreon video, which you can go subscribe to at patreon.com slash NFL. talked about how Low stance was too wide. And something he mentioned to me today was you could tell that his stance was more low. Like, sorry, more narrow. So think of this. This is how wide his stance is before. Let's say that's too wide. So he brings it together. And that, that will give you more control. It will give you the ability to, like, anchor better. And you'll be able to utilize what strength you have because you have better leverage. All those things matter. Like, how wide your footwork is for a lot of different things matters. So the fact that he's getting it to a more optimal access point is great. And he was winning some one-on-one drills and we'll transition here because he stonewalled Andre Carter on a pass rush rep. And look, Andre Carter had a really nice rep in 11 on 11s where he just, he dipped his shoulder, got around the edge and got a sack. That's what he does well. The second you get your hands on him, done. He just doesn't have the power. And he also didn't have very active hands, which I found really surprising. So one of the things is with a defensive lineman is if you have really active hands, you can prevent the offensive lineman from getting their hands on you. So you do like, like you'll see like people like in movies and stuff, they'll do like little hand fighting thing where there's kind of like mm-hmm. this. Think about that concept where you have your active hands, you're basically swatting and doing like swim moves and that kind of thing. So by doing so, you can prevent yourself from being blocked, giving you a better path to the quarterback. Well, it didn't really, uh, he kind of stonewalled himself because he got to the point of contact with the offensive lineman. And then he just did nothing with his hands. This is the picture I use for today's thumbnail. And that's Josh Oliver. And I believe DJ, DJ Wanham. Yep. As you can see here, DJ Wanham has stood up Josh Oliver, which is good by the defensive end. But Josh Oliver has both hands on his shoulder pads and has clamped them. And he can then control, unless DJ Wanham bull rushes him, knocks him over backwards. Josh Oliver now is in a position where he controls and can turn Wanham. And that throw that'll throw Wanham off. But that's what Tyler's talking about with mm-hmm. as a defensive end, you want to slap it when that uh oh, didn't mean to hit the mic. When you pop, when that offensive lineman goes to pop and grab, you want to knock that arm and hand away. 
to leave you free to spin or to dip or to whatever. And this is a good example. Yes, it absolutely is a good example. Um, and there's there's a lot of good when it comes to what this offensive line is doing. It's hard to see some of these reps. If you've never been to practice, here's how it is. You have two fields and then two more fields. So the bleachers are down here. The, the offensive line and defensive line drills are at the far end of that close field. So you're looking at like 110 yards away from really being able to see these guys. So it's really hard to get a good sense of it. But sometimes there was a clear enough path where we could see. And I'm really, 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 really excited to watch this game on Thursday. It's going to give us a clear picture. Um, if So moving forward here, guys, there's a lot of stuff on practice. And I'm going to talk about a lot of it. If you have questions, please throw them in the chat. I will... I will gladly answer them um, to the best of my ability. I won't be able to have answers for everything just for the sole fact that I didn't see everything at practice because I am a human, but I did see quite a bit. So one guy I want to point out before I start really diving into any questions that everybody has, Troy Dye had a great day and he's been somebody that's been kind of fringe uh 53-man roster for me. He was aggressive in team drills. He was finding the right gaps, and he had the play of the day. He got an interception off of, I, I it was either Kirk Cousins or Nick Mullins. And it really doesn't matter because it was just a phenomenal play. It's hard to fault the, the quarterback. He jumped, and he looked like Dikembe Mutombo blocking a shot in his prime. Sky high, one hand, grabbed it. Like Odell Beckham Jr. grab. Tremendous, tremendous play. And he ended up taking it back like, I don't know, 20 yards. This was during red zone drills. So they were inside the red zone, you know, practicing. And getting that kind of play, fantastic. Like you want to see players making plays. But honestly, it was more the consistency of the position that stood out to me over that play. The play was just the cherry on top. And... I think he's probably going to be linebacker three on this team, if I had to guess. But Pace is going to be more of your situational guy. I don't think you want to play him every down yet. But he's going to be a player that's going to get a big package. So this linebacker room is starting to shape up really nicely on an overall level, Dave. And I think we should be really happy with that. You had a question of uh, what does Davenport look like? I think Davenport looks the part. He really hasn't practiced much, so it's hard to give a full synopsis, but here's what I have seen. He's lining up at three technique. He's lining up off the edge. He's lining up at five technique, hand in the dirt, standing up. He's doing a little bit of everything. He had a couple good reps in one-on-ones earlier today, and he's finally doing team stuff with Daniel Hunter, so you're you're starting to see good things, and I like it. I, I think Davenport has the potential to be great, and we'll see if he ever kind of lives up to that potential. But I like where we're at right now and how we can continue to move forward with him. But we're going to have to give Davenport time before we really get a lot of synopsis because he just hasn't practiced much. And I'm not quite sure why that is, but he hasn't. And we'll find out sooner rather than later. Gary asks, how did Seen do today? 
we got to be patient with Seen. And it sucks to be patient with a first-round pick from last year. But the dude had a debilitating leg injury. And he's learning a new defense. And he's when he's going downhill, so if he's a, a back safety and he's attacking forward, that's what I mean by going downhill. He's great. That's his strength. Uh, the interception that was all over social media where he he jumped a route on Jalen Rager. Rager should have attacked the ball a little bit better. But at the end of the day, great play by scene. And he's doing that kind of stuff. But it's inconsistencies. It's being beaten on double moves. He doesn't get deep enough against Josh Oliver and a perf- sorry against Nick Muse. And a perfect throw over the top of him ends up being like a 40-yard play up the scene. If Seen has a couple extra yards of depth, he gets the PBU. So it's it's little stuff. It's reading properly and making the right decisions. He's just not all the way there, but he's got it. He had an interception off a tip drill today, and it's gr- like we just have to be patient. He's the fourth safety in a very good res- like safety room. This has five NFL qu- caliber safeties. He just happens to be the fourth guy right now. That doesn't mean he's going to stay the fourth guy. They're going to use him. And just be patient. Give it time. And I hate, I like, I get it. Being patient sucks. Just be careful. Like, be, just Could you please let the coaching move your phone thing. to something soft? Oh, was you, were you hearing vibrating? Sorry. Yeah, it's coming straight through the mic. All right, other questions were, how did Jaron Hall look? Hall didn't get a lot of reps today, but I will say it's noteworthy. The last two practices I was at were the last two open to the public. So they do drills. They do, like, passing drills, and then one of the quarterbacks ends up going back and doing handoffs. Jaron Hall is starting to get the second-team quarterback drills when they're doing those passing drills, and Nick Mullins is doing the handoffs. That's important. Kevin O'Connell also stated that uh, he's really happy with where Jaron Hall is. He's got an, a nice arm. He's making good decisions in the little bit of team drills that we're seeing. But you got to remember, they're trying to give as many of these drills to Kirk Cousins as they can because Kirk Cousins is a starter. And Nick Mullins right now is the clear backup. We're going to get a, a really good look at Jaron Hall on Thursday. I wouldn't be shocked if he got an entire half. And that's going to give us a good synopsis on where he's at. But it doesn't tell us everything because, look, we everybody here knows that I'm very high on Jaron Hall. I'm the highest of anybody on Jaron Hall. But he's still a fifth-round pick, and we have to temper those expectations, okay? So I want to see what he's got. He throws, in a, he throws the best deep ball on the team. I'll say that much. But it's everything else. It's the intermediate stuff. It's the short stuff. It's the footwork in the pocket. It's making the right decisions. Every time it's the, the processing speed has arguably been his worst trait so far during practice when they're doing like live drills because it's just not where it needs to be. But the NFL game is a lot faster. So that's something you, you don't need to worry about as much. Be concerned about it if you're not seeing progress throughout the rest of the camp. All right. The Vikings put out an unofficial depth chart today. Yes, they did. Have you seen it? Yes, we have a bunch of stuff up on vikingswire.com about that depth chart. I'm going to tell you something about this depth chart, Dave. We got a lot of liars in that Vikings organization, let me tell you. Uh, So they did it off of base defense. They didn't have anybody for the three wide receivers. They didn't have anybody on nickel. 
And it's, what are we doing here? Like, it's, Ivan Pace Jr. still being listed as a third linebacker. He's getting reps with the ones. Makai Blackman has been the nickel cornerback through all of padded practices since last Monday. He's still listed on the third team. Like, this hasn't been updated. And it's very frustrating, but it's preseason. They can do whatever the hell they want. So they just kind of kept everything pretty chalk. And that's just kind of how we have to live with this right now. And it's annoying, but look, you're going to see a lot of the depth chart stuff in the preseason. Who's getting those first reps? Who's, who's really on the second team? How is that going to look? That, that's how we're going to find a lot of this stuff out, Dave. And I'm really excited to, to do that. What I heard today on uh, Locked On Minnesota was that there was a lot of, and they called it politics. I think it's more respect towards veterans put into this notional, unofficial depth chart. chart. Even though we know Pace has been playing with like the twos consistently, every once in a while moves up to the ones, and other rookies like Blackman now seems to pretty much be locked in as the nickel corner, all that stuff, they're still putting the veterans above them in this version of the depth chart as a sign of respect and hopefully a little bit more motivation for the rookies to keep going, not think they made it, you know, sort sort of deal. And that's why we see things that have us going, that doesn't look right. Look, I think there's some truth to that, but I'd rather you just be honest. Um, look, we if, all would. Here's the thing: if a UDFA has outperformed Troy Reader, just put him over Troy Reader. It, it, to me, that it, it's a, it's not a respect thing, and I understand why your brain is thinking that way, Dave, because you want to show respect to the veterans. If it's tied, give it to the veteran. I, I would absolutely agree. But if a player X is playing better than player Y. You you put player X ahead of him on the depth chart. It's about winning football games. It's not about, hey, we're going to treat the veterans a little nicer than the rookies. Like We're not talking about like having a depth chart being hazing here. It's Just be honest. We all know, everybody that's been at practice knows that you have Ivan Pace Jr. going with the ones. He's not a third-team linebacker. But let, let's be real about it. Like If you want to put him as a second-team guy, we're all going to believe that. Makai Blackman behind Andrew Booth Jr. and Joe Williams, considering what we've seen at practice, nobody believes that either. And to me, that's the issue here. And look, does it really matter? No, because it's technically an unofficial depth chart. So think, we're really, I'm really arguing over semantics. And I think part of this reason is for to get this out in the public and the rest of the teams will look at it and the rest of national guys that don't follow the team closely like we do. That come up with their BS, you know, takes on somebody because they're looking at it from a national point of view and they don't, they haven't seen closely who's doing what or how. They're going off of last season, you know. The Vikings defense isn't going to be, you know, any good this year because they got rid of, you know, old players from last year. What? Have you looked at the team? 
right? You get stories like that from the national media. I think this is partially to feed those guys, feeding the trolls type deal. And, and maybe, you know, whether it be Tampa Bay or whether it be Seattle come Thursday, they're looking at it and going, ah, you know, I got to plan and watch tape on Reader. And when Reader doesn't show up, you know, at the part of the game they expect him to, they're like, oh, shit, who's this small middle linebacker that wears number 40? Who the hell is that? Yeah, that's, yep. that's fair. Um, all right, so there's a lot more that we can talk about. Um, I want to answer this for Gary as, as you kind of load up the next question, Dave. I have, and I'm going to do an updated 53-man roster. I did one after a week of training camp. It's on vikingswire.com. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up here and I will throw a link in the comments so then you can find it rather easily. But I did one and it's it hasn't changed a ton for me. I, I've done five of them so far, but I've been doing them like at landmarks. So I'm going to do one after the Seahawks game. I'm going to do one after... Um, the Titans game, I'm going to do one after the Cardinals game. And we're, we're going to continue to do them based on those those things. We're not going to be doing them just to do them. It, it needs to be, and the link is going in the chat right now, um, it needs to be because of something that's happened. And that, that's, that's how I'm doing that. Um, that you can take a look. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, what else we got, Dave? Uh, Norsefius asked a great question. What are the biggest pros and cons of having just one big cut day this season? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So this will be interesting because we haven't had one like this before. Let's. Oh, the phone is in the shot. I don't we don't need that. Um, The pros are it's for the teams. They get more time to look at the players and it's pro player too. So it used to be you'd have like uh, three cut downs. So first off it was uh, you'd have to, it used to be two cut downs. You'd have to get down to like 73 and then 53. Then it was, you have to get down to 85. Before that there was three. You no, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on, I'm getting there. Then it changed to go from 90 to 85, and you can see little Missy Claire, um, 85 to 80, and then 80 to 53. The idea of having just one cut down day is so 
everybody gets more opportunities to get on tape. And the guys who really need to be on tape are the ones that are cutting, being cut first. And it gives them opportunities to show everybody what they've got. And that's more important now than ever because you have the USFL, you have the XFL, and you have practice squads all across the league. There's places to play. And getting these guys opportunities is a really big deal. And it's it's also about being pro player. It's about being you know, trying to put out a good product for preseason and teams want to rest guys. You have to have people that can play the games. And that's, that's why having the one cut down day is good. Um, It's also, everybody gets released at once and then you have an opportunity to catch on. Very few guys who get released in the first couple waves catch on with a new team, unless it's a veteran that has to be released because they know they're going to get cut anyways. The Vikings did what, that with one player last year, and I don't remember who it was, but he got cut and we're like, whoa, what? Really? And he wanted to a shot with another team. And when you're a veteran like that, you can potentially get a shot with another team earlier. So that's why you make that happen. And that's being doing right by the player. Gotcha. Jeremy asks, Any other- do you see a free agent coming during camp i'm gonna take this question we've done a lot of roster moves already i'm gonna take this as like a free agent that you could potentially see starting or being like a really big contributor somebody like the vikings had dalton risner in for a visit the other day risner's still a possibility but if from everything i've gathered it sounds like he wanted he wanted to start and they're like well no you're gonna have to fight for it we're not gonna give you a starting job well and he didn't sign. Like, I think it's those kind of things. So when you're looking at everything, I think the only way the Vikings sign one of those players is if it's, hey, Risner's like, you know what? All right, I'll, I'll take a deal and I'll fight for a starting job. Or somebody gets hurt. I don't think, unless it's like, it's like an adjunct disaster like it was with backup quarterback last year and we ended up trading for Nick Mullins. Um, okay, sweet girl. Come say hi. There she is. Hello. She's a lot, oh. lot more camera friendly than Odie, and there's Odie. Yeah, Odie is right next to me. He is, he is just chilling. Eclair, no, no, don't bite my shorts. Yeah. Um. Sorry, it's a, it's a little bit of a chaotic day because these guys have had a long one. They've been in the crate for hours, so uh-huh. doing the show from the couch. You're but they got Odie. to go out and do their business before you sat down. Eclair went in her diaper. I tried to get her outside. I'm trying to coax her instead of just carrying her. It's right. it's, it's going okay, but she has had a rough life. So we're we're making it work. Um, yeah, that that's kind of where we're at as far as hey, we're gonna sign this guy in free agency. It's probably gonna be an injury that ends up making that happen, and not something like um, they just want to bring competition. Um, unless there's an adjunct disaster position like. If Ed Ingram just shows that he he took a step back from last year, mm-hmm. then maybe you fork over the money for Risner. Like, all right, the starting job is yours unless you just absolutely stink in practice. Freddie asked good question. Is Ty Chandler, has he won the number two spot right now? No, I think he's going to end up the number two. Kenny Wangu is working on his own. He hasn't been practicing for over a week. I like Ty Chandler a lot. Based on what I've seen, I think he's been good. Uh, you'll see contradictions from uh, 
the athletics, uh, Alec Lewis, he's got a different view than I do. And he's yeah, because he's got that credential. He's, he's able to talk to more people based on what I've seen. I'm really happy with Ty Chandler, but it's, it's one perspective. And that's why having somebody who has a contradicting perspective and you kind of go off of that. I think that's important. If Ty Chandler has a really good preseason, I think he's going to end up the number two back. But right now it's Kenny Wongwu. And that's one area on the depth chart where I think they are telling the truth is the running back position. So that's kind of where we're at. It's still a battle, but it's pretty much Wongwu and Chandler. I don't think Dwayne McBride has a shot. I see Prol, or I've heard Prol is doing well as a kick returner and punt returner. If he can do both well, that saves a spot on a roster if you can have one guy do both jobs. And he's been really good at receiver, too. He's been awesome. He's been running really good routes. He's making the dramatic catch. He's making the easy catch. He's getting great separation. He's shown good hands. He dropped a ball today. That was the first time I'd seen him drop one. But all those things matter. And being able to do a lot of different things and succeed on special teams, I think it's it's it helps. Um, and I'm really excited about potentially Prol. Norcephus, I have that. The problem is Eclair is a six-year-old rescue pup who was used as a puppy mill breeding dog. And she has a, a lot to learn about. All her life. Yeah. She has a lot to learn about being a normal house dog. So uh, Odie is good with that. Um, the only time he pees on the floor is if I if I don't get up within like a minute to go let him out or if he's mad that I went upstairs. He does that a lot. Like I'll go upstairs to pee and I don't let him come up with me. He'll pee on the floor. He's a little <laughs> He's a little turkey. Can't he climb the stairs? Yeah, but I, I, I have it blocked because I don't want oh. her going up the stairs. Gotcha. I want her getting really comfortable here, and then I can kind of let them roam with me. But, yeah, he's he's not used to that being shut. Um, yeah. Freddie, I, um, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. Please, if you can, point out who is saying that. Because I'm, I'm genuinely curious about who thinks he could be, too. I don't think it's it's in the cards for him this year or at least right away. So I, I'm just curious who is saying that, and then I want to co- kind of go check their work and see what they have to say. Um, it's I, I just don't see it, especially because of the lack of utility in third down. It hasn't shown up yet. Will it? Yeah, probably, but it hasn't yet. Plus, I've heard he's got a little bit of the dropsies. Yes, he has. Um, Freddie, it's, it's not that I'm bearish on McBride long term. He's just he's, he needs time. He's he needs to learn how to be a three down back in the NFL, and it's just for being RB two this year, not making the team, not being a really good football player, just being RB two. I'm, I'm bearish on that right now. Cool. Well, I think that's it. What is your anticipation for Thursday night? Who gets how much playing time, and when? I think outside of players just rotating it out from the twos to the threes and vice versa, you're going to see the twos get a half and the threes get a half. I don't think you're going to see the ones at all. Um, they're ramping up practice, and Judd Zalgad wrote a really good column today. You can go check that out at vikingswire.com, talking about how O'Connell didn't want to be very physical last year to, for injuries. He's changed his mindset, and he goes over the thought process and how Brian Flores could have um, been a big part of that. Uh, it's it's very good, and it kind of opens up 
and uh, like kind of about a lot of different little things, I recommend you go check it out. Okay. And I'll answer this. Jeremy's kicking competition. Look, it's starting to look like a competition. I think Podlesny has looked better than Greg Joseph, and Luke Braun would agree there. It, he just – he doesn't look – Joseph doesn't look good, and Podlesny, like, he's obviously missing kicks because he's a kicker. Kickers miss kicks. But when he's hitting them, he's hitting them down the middle Straight with room to spare. Okay. Yeah, and he's doing that pretty consistently. Uh, and that is, I, I think that's important. He's, he's doing a really good job of just being consistent. And to me, that's the best part about a kicker. I want you to be consistent. And here comes Eclair. Norsefius gets it. He rescued a beautiful little Pomeranium from a hoarder breeder. And same issues. Mm-hmm. Say hi, sweet girl. Yeah. yeah. yeah you She's are. a cutie. Mm-hmm. As cute as my a French cutie. dog can be. Yes. Um, and it, it's one of those things. I think it's going to end up being fine. Uh, I think Pelesny has a real shot. Ryan Wright didn't have a shot last year against Jordan Berry, and guess what? He made the team. Jordan Berry got cut great. before like the th- – He great. got cut before the third preseason game. Okay, sweet girl. Mm-hmm. I'll let you that, down. Now, that's one thing people are asking me today. Dave, what do you want to see in a preseason game on Thursday? One, no injuries. Two, yes, I want to see Darren Hall. I want. To, you've watched him. You've got your man crush. Now I want to look <laughs> at him. Right? I want to see Jaron Hall. I want to see Makai Blackman. I want to see the twos and the threes, how they are performing. And I do want to see that kicking competition. I don't care if we win. Because preseasons wins mean nothing. I do care that I see effort, uh, that I see promise. You know, I could. Uh, I've been around the sport long enough, played it, coached it, all the all that yada yada. That I can identify stuff and go, that's an easy fix, or that's not an easy fix type of stuff. And that those are things I'll be looking for Thursday night. When I watch the game, and it's on NFL Network, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look, this is this is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited uh, to see kind of how things are going to progress. And I'm going to be looking at a lot of those things. We're going to be talking about that preseason game extensively and kind of what to look for and updates from uh, Tuesday night's practice. And we're going to have all those conversations on Wednesday's show. And I'm looking at maybe having a special guest that knows a little bit about the Seahawks. And no, that is not Arif Hassan. So it, <laughs> we're, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. That's and funny. We're, oh, sweet girl, you okay? If anybody doesn't know the history around that, it, it's quite funny. Yep. Um, yeah. Otherwise, guys, that's the show. I'm going to have a full article talking more about the uh, nuances from Vikings practice that you may or may not have uh, seen or heard. And we're going to, I'm going to go in depth on a lot of different things. If you haven't go check out uh, Dave and Darren's two old bloggers from yesterday, one hell of a show. And as always, make sure you hit like subscribe, all the things. And Dave is showing you what he's drinking right now. It's a TX. I believe that's a bottle and bond bottle. Yes, it is bourbon. And, like, subscribe, comment, ring the bell, all the things on both the YouTube and podcasts. Help us out. Help us grow the, the channel. 
And we want to continue to bring you the best Vikings coverage around. I've got another question for you. Okay. You're obviously the managing editor at Vikings Wire. Yes. And, and you got a bunch of great people working for you. Judd Zolgad was one of those tops of the list. You have Savion Mixon, and you have the Mad Giggler. So, <laughs> Kevin. Um, Kevin, Kevin's great. Write a great story. But that's not the only place you're an editor. Where else are you an editor? At uh, Vikings First and Skull page on fanfirstsports.com. Uh, and a high dot recommend app. you go check that out. It's that app. Oh, that's dumb. Um, but that's semantics. Go, go check it out. Um, Dave will have it in the show notes. And it's this. look, it, it, we're, we're trying to build up the next generation of Vikings writers because look, I ain't going to be around forever. Neither is Dave. Let's, let's, let's get this next generation to be great. And that's our entire goal. Yeah. And, and, and there's think, a I think we're bunch be able of great that. stories that came out today mm-hmm. and over the weekend. So go yep. over there. If you go check it out. It's absolutely between, it's between us and the Steelers that are putting out the most work with occasional dash of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Right Look, now. Vi- the Vikings are the best. It's that simple. And mm-hmm. we're going to continue to do that. High recommend you go check everything out, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching live. And we will be back Wednesday night talking more about your Minnesota Vikings. Until then, I'm Tyler. He's Dave. The one thing we always say, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.